0: Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. I'm Ross Carl joining me today, fresh off a record crowd in Albany, and a pretty solid performance too. We've got Bryn Hall from North Harbour and
1: also James Parsons. Brent, not a bad showing from you guys. Yeah, look, it was against the the Canterbury All Blacks, wasn't it? So um no, it was. It was we knew the, I guess, the the challenge that we were gonna have. And I guess for us it was an awesome opportunity for a lot of young men that um, you know, hadn't played a lot of rugby and a lot of club players as well. They got the opportunity to play against a, a you know, a pretty world class rugby team. So, yeah, we are disappointed that we didn't get the result, but um, I think the fact that you know we had a, a long time off during level three with a lot of our boys, and um, we we're only together for maybe ten days, um, yeah, it was a it was a game that we were we were in it, but um, unfortunately, um, probably the, just the back end, the last twenty minutes. Unfortunately, we um, seemed to just get in, the, in a vice, and we couldn't get ourselves out of it. So. To be honest, Ross, mate, it was pretty much very similar. Now I know how it feels, but to be opposites <laughs> when you're not in the Crusaders, mate. So oh, it was um it was tough. Go. It was tough to uh it was tough for to take mate. long. No, take know, long. It was um yeah, it was one of those games where yeah, their um their bench came on, and and when you have the likes of, of Richie, uh Dunshay, Fitu and you know Drummy as well, you've got that kind of caliber coming on. It's you yeah, know, it was pretty tough for us. And um, yeah, we'll be taking some news. got a tough white game against Waikato this week who had a bloody good win against Waikato, against South Wellington, sorry. So, um, you're going to have to be on our job and next week, next task now. So, looking forward to a good challenge this weekend. Jimmy, you enjoyed watching it? Yeah, well, I actually did some
2: commentary on the game. So, I was, I was there live. It was, it was good. Like, I was really impressed with the first half and I suppose the smarts to take the points. Um, we probably weren't executing our attack as much as we'd like um, in terms of the, you know, I suppose the structures. But, Uh, You know, in that second 40 in that first 10 minutes, I was quite buoyed by the fact that we had a lot of possession in our 22. We just didn't get over the line. There was probably a a silly penalty, you know, not knowing the laws, but also we were picking and going really well around those posts and then probably released a little bit earlier. But um, I'm sure we'll learn from that. Uh, There's plenty to like, plenty of endeavour, which there's, you know, has been part of our culture for so long. So, yeah, look, it it was an impressive start against the form team, but I think, Hit on the headers, we just probably didn't get the impact off our bench as, as much as they did. You
0: saw some good performances this weekend. I mean, if this is what my 10 cups going to be like, with Northland and, and Southland and you know, these other teams standing up, county stood up for a long time. Um, you know, it looks like it could be a good competition. Oh, absolutely.
2: I, th- I think it'll be uh, massive. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be a defense coach. Um, <laughs> yeah, 48 yeah. tries on the weekend and plenty of <laughs> points scored. Uh, but if you're an attack coach, yeah, you're probably looking uh, pretty. But, um, you know, I, I think there's also a change in our game, you know. I think 12 of those 48 tries are scored by hookers off the back of Moors, uh, for the most part.
1: <laughs> you just left a bit for, too early, Chip.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I took the wrong year off. Um, but, uh, look, it's, it's, it's exciting for where the game can go. There's, you know, there's plenty of energy around getting back there. I think, for the most part, the bulk of the, the All Blacks or the North-South crew Really added to it, but also the teams that didn't have so much um, disruption, you could see they had a really good nucleus of of players, and that you know being together a long time and, and formed a good bond. And I suppose no more other than um, what Southland did yesterday against Walks Bay.
1: I think also, I think also Ross as well. It just shows the, um, I think as a consumer, as a watcher as well, it's just a, it's an attacking brand of rugby. I think. Traditionally in um, you know, super rugby and that kind of stuff, if you do see a lot of line breaks, there's probably a lot of covered defense and you know, you're probably making a lot of um, not as much points, but I guess in my Ten Cup, once you're breaking, you look at the lineouts for stats, you know, I'd hate to think what the what the strike weight the strike rate was from five metres out with set piece tries. So and I think yeah. it just covers sorry, what we said. Yeah,
2: even in the wet, I agree with you, is like they weren't going for points. They're going to the corner and I just think that's like such an awesome attitude to have. You know, sometimes it's easier to go to the corner than having to exit. You know, you take three points and then you go back and you get a kickoff and you're stuck in your own half. So I, probably a tactical thing. But I just think it was good for the spectacle, even though it was wet. I was still throwing
0: that ball around and still entertaining um, footy. You know what I like about it? It reminds me of the late 90s Super Rugby before defences got sophisticated. And I don't know, for me, probably because of my age, for me, that was the golden era of super rugby, that, that late 90s where there were just points being scored and superstars like Carly and Jonah and Joelly and those guys. And I see the Milan 10 Cup and I feel like that's the brand of rugby I'm watching and I really love it.
2: Yeah, I think um, I think that endeavor and that I suppose no fear mindset comes from, you know, a lot of youth and you know, I suppose enthusiasm and a willingness to play, an injection of all blacks wanting to perform and put their hand up. Um, you know, if you look at the Waikato team with Anton and Damien, I thought they were exceptional. But on the back of, I suppose, an Andrew Strawbridge-led, uh, well, coached pack that just did the detail really well up front. But even the veterans in Tomo, um, I thought that he was outstanding. So it's a great mix between old, young and guys aspiring for the black jersey at the moment. And I think that probably adds to that because uh, you've, you've got to work with what's around you. You know, a guy, um, say well use Dalton Popoli for instance his line speed's massive but he's also going to make sure he's working with the clubbies inside and out of him and things like that so it creates those opportunities in defence because there's a level of I suppose disparity in knowledge and game awareness which creates that open flowing game and And I think as we get towards the end of the tournament they all get a better feel for each other and it might not be as open it is in these first few rounds but from that aspect I can see where you're seeing that um, Ross in, in terms of that sort of you know, it's not so sophisticated, but it's probably, I suppose, due to the differentiating natures of, of the players on the field.
1: I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what my highlight was, though, man. Seeing Jason Rutledge just coming on, <laughs> man, 42 <laughs> years younger, spring chicken, and just getting you know, in there. Man. Mate, oh, seriously, man, I loved it. I just love seeing <laughs> him out there, man. Jeez, the game, in, that gives you hope, doesn't it, Jip? Oh, to- no, do,
2: do you know how many times I, I went into the gym? I was kindly being let to train at the North Shore Gym. Um, and I went in there, and a couple of these young bucks said to me, "Oh, that'll be you." I was like, "Lads!" I said, "He's ten years older than me. Give me a break." It's like, "Holy heck!" And everyone keeps saying, "That'll be me." I'm like, "Geez, uh-huh. I think I'll give it up before then." think he's no messing me back.
1: I think just with that, obviously, um I just obviously found out his nickname is as well "Cabbage" and that kind of stuff. But what I love about modern cup as well, you've also you've got the enthusiasm and the young fellas coming through. But I just love seeing those older boys coming back as well, and. You know, the yeah. amount of um, you know knowledge and and uh, his experience that they can bring to those young guys, I think you, you get that in one of ten cups. So, I know seeing the old fellows coming back and if they've had their long tenure overseas and they get to come back and and help those young boys try and transition into a uh, professional career, um, I love seeing that. So, mate, keep going, cabbage, mate. Keep going. <laughs> love seeing you out there, mate. Keep going. <laughs> don't, hey, don't forget
2: Tomo. He's thirty eight, mate. He's oh, doing yeah, well to yeah, still yeah,
1: be man, running fair. around. Yeah, it's fair, man.
0: Good to see them, man. <laughs> Yeah, they're pro- they're probably well, they are old enough to be fathers of guys in the team. Uh, that's crazy. I think I
1: saw. I think I saw on a. I think they, I saw something pop up. Um, Rutledge was he's forty two, and I think Caleb Clark and someone else was one years old when he made his professional debut. So it just shows. Yeah, it's just, I won't start laughing though. Either. Yeah, but it, primary school when I started. Yeah, <laughs> so but it's, I love it. It's awesome to see those kind of things, man.
0: Yeah, I was reporting down in the Hurricanes when he made a comeback. This is five years ago he made a comeback, and he was plumbing. I think he's a plumber. Yeah, he has and, his own and, business down there. I think. Yeah, yeah. and he came back for uh, like four or five games, and the Hurricanes had serious issues. And that was five, six years ago. And yeah. the, you know, and back then we were like,
1: "Shit, that's a <laughs> good he's effort." In, he's in good nick, man. You wouldn't think yeah. he's 42, seriously. Oh, mate, I love seeing it. that
2: he was, he was doing extras afterwards. He was, he was running extras at <laughs> the reserves. I felt like saying, mate, you've done your time. Yeah, you shouldn't have to be doing that as a 42-year-old. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Get inside, get inside. Get inside and
1: get a cup, bloody cup of coffee or something from Milo. Yeah, Terrible weather on the down there in the cargo. Yep. <laughs> um, speaking of people who
0: come back, um, probably wished he hadn't for the particular 10 minutes he came on for. Simon Hickey. Oh. Wow, he got one. Yeah,
1: that was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we I mean, we've spoken. It, it. We've yeah, actually we
2: spoken about it on here before. Yeah, um, we have. At, I think it was when he hit uh, Oli Jager, yep, um, in the Crusaders game, and and there does need to be an adjustment. And I know they've come out and said that, um, you know, there's an attempt to adjust his his technique and stuff. But I think, like, well, that was pretty reckless. Um, yep. and, um, you know, I think it if you refer to Rico's comments after the game. Um, And obviously wasn't well received by the Auckland boys either. So I think he's well aware of it. Um, But there needs to be a a pretty big shift um, in his, in his. Well, is it his technique? It just needs to drop his height. Like I think his tackle technique's fine. It's just where he's hitting people. Um, I think you know he had their one earlier this year against Tom Banks and the Brumbies as well. Um, So it's definitely something that needs to be rectified. And um, I'm sure you know he'll be wanting to do it. And he doesn't do it out of malice he does yeah. it for his want and his desire to you know tackle because he's good at it. i've been hit by him he's he's rock solid he, he definitely rocks you yeah
1: My room's um, Morris, good
2: yeah but yeah something i mean poor simon it did not look good um yeah but he's he, but he put up a message today i think um sickle and said he's feeling better and, and appreciated all the messages of support so but at the time, it was, you know, and for me, I suppose, with concussion issues, like, it, you know, it's, it's something does need to shift or a punishment or something more severe that's it, that's going to, I suppose, bring about a change because you can't just keep going to the judiciary and getting signed yes. so many weeks and then it happening again. Sort of.
1: What do you think that's going to be, Jip? What do you reckon he's going to be sitting at? Is it a is minimum oh, six weeks? I hope, you know? I don't I, I don't know. I, I, I mean...
2: Yeah, I mean if you look at the pictures, it's it's not good because it's it, there's in this in this instant, there is no mm. attempt to rap either. Yeah. So there's direct contact to the head, there's you know, his arms behind him, it's yep. it's probably it's not going to be a good day at the judiciary, I can't imagine.
1: Yeah. I do hope. Because in the I other don't... ones
2: there's been an attempt to rap. Yeah. So I think the big difference here yeah. is the lack of intent to rap. Yeah. I
1: yeah, I come back to your point, Joe. I definitely reckon there's no malice behind it. It's just unfortunate that. Um, yeah, that tackle team, I guess, him he's gonna have to change that because, yeah, again, from his own self, he's probably gonna miss a few weeks. But then you think about in a big game as well, you just don't want those kind of things happening where it can be detriment to your team. And, um, yeah, definitely know he's not a dirty guy, but yeah, I just think that needs to be sorted out for future so he can help his team out and, and himself as well.
0: What's fair here?
1: I mean, we saw what happened with Oren
0: Farrell up north,
1: what he copped 10
0: and then they said, Oh, please don't give us 10, and they gave him five. <laughs> You know, what's what's fair here for something like that? I mean, you wouldn't want to think that that would end his season, but he probably it needs to lose half of it at least. It could end a season.
2: I mean, yeah. the fact that the the arm's behind the body, I don't know how they'll take that. Mm, um, yeah, it certainly gosh. could. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's probably, it'll be half minimum, I'm assuming. Because the there's a track thing, record, or... doesn't that play into it, Bryn? I
1: was just going to yeah. say, Martin, That's true. The, the track record isn't isn't flash for him. I think if it was... A first, time, a first time doing it, then, you know, he might be a bit lenient, but I think for the fact that he's been in the judiciary a few times and there's similar acts around the head, yeah, I think, I'd hate to say, you know, I'm a rugby fan and in love with the way he plays, so, but I think, you know, it has to be somewhat of more than a couple of weeks. Yeah, and, but
2: would you feel that way if it was Bring Gatlin? Because you look at the way Rico came out.
1: Um, yeah, well, the the, I get the thing that I know is that he's actually, he's actually, like, he's a really nice guy, you know, so, and he actually isn't. I don't find him a real duty player. I just think he's got a great mindset around obviously wanting to. Yeah, you can't, like, be like, I, I, based on being nice, like if I if know you're, if, if you're, we're talking, if you're talking a dog, like, it doesn't mean you're going to get less weeks or. If you're talking around laws and that's in that way, then it's it's a no brainer. It's at least five to six weeks. Um, that's that's what I, mean, I reckon. Um, what it should be minimum. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did they take into account the fact that it cost um Simon Hickey a night out in the town with uh, Michael Collins that night as well?
2: <laughs> well? I think that's what I think that's what Michael Collins was saying to TJ with uh standing there by the <laughs> roof. He was just going, geez, we were looking to a good for a good shindig tonight, too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would have got some good, I would have got some good info on that because I'm living with um Jack Weddon and actually um Scott Scrifton at the moment as well. That's a hell cool. of a flat. Oh, oh mate, and we've actually got, yeah, two harbour boys and um, two Auckland boys. So there's been a bit of banter thrown already actually. So Not
2: not the quietest of Auckland boys either.
1: You, Jack Jack um Jack Wennes actually um, self proclaimed his nickname Big Rig. Oh I know. Uh, yeah great. the Big Rig. He um in third person as well. So <laughs> Um, Yeah, big rig. So yeah, I don't he's think he's a special Scotland. character. Oh hey, mate, we're enjoying <laughs> he mate.
2: already talking about how well he went for the Highlanders?
1: Oh, he's he's talking about his arms game. That's for sure. He um he loves his tw- his twenty one. So you can see he's got some pipes on him though to his credit. Oh mate, doesn't he bench he, um, like two hundred and
2: twenty or something
1: stupid? Oh, something ridiculous. He's got a big, good, big frame. That's for sure. So I think big, big rig sits sits with him nicely. Actually, that nickname. is he going to catch on? What big rig? Yeah. Oh, it's well, been out for ages. it's Sapper claim, yeah. mate, and he says it every 10, every 10 minutes. So yeah. <laughs> it's, hard not, it's hard not to know what it is.
0: Surely his old man isn't down with that. Yeah, Back in the day, you know, his All Blacks, they wouldn't yeah. have done that, would they? and Jack, it wouldn't bother him.
2: Seriously, he
0: just wouldn't care. <laughs> Fair enough. Are uh, hey, you guys keep an eye on the Wallabies uh, squad this week. What do you make of it?
2: Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah, I like the balance. I think yeah. it's, you know, there's a lot of experience there. Um, you know, you've got Simmons around that. You know, he's made 100 tests. I think Hooper's 99, Slipper, 96. Um, you know, then there's the guys like Hodge and haylett Petty around that 50 mark, um, O'Connor. You know, there's a good depth of experience. A lot of youth, uh, but a lot of that youth has been picked on form. Um, and then there are a couple of ones that have probably in and around that potential for a 44 man squad, which you probably expect three or four um, based on how well the Aussie under 20s have gone and, and getting them in the system and understanding. But look, I think it's, it's, it's a great balance um, and it's pretty clear the type of character that he's picked up front. Um, it 's no miss charlie 's sort of roll up your sleeves um, with a you know there 's some guys there with a bit of skill set and a bit of razzle and you know Pete Samu and Valentini, but outside of that you 've got Hennigan who 's covering locks six eight um, you 've got the the young fellow Harry Wilson from queensland Reds who 's just a carry machine you know nothing special but I would compare him to like um, you know maybe the Alex Bradley of when the in the Chiefs when Dave Rennie picked a um, him at number eight, you know, he's just a workhorse um, and he'll work all day. They've got sevens for Africa that are in form. You know, Hooper obviously leads them, but the young Queensland captain Wright um, is in there. So um, look, there'll be a lot of hard decisions, but more importantly, they've got probably four halfbacks that are playing really well and four teams that I think are are in form as well. And O'Connor and Tamu have been around a while, but they're really desperate for that 10, which creates competition between two senior guys, but Lolisio and Harrison. Lolisio, before his injury, I think he the jersey was his, the way he played. He he was outstanding because of the ability of Tamura and O'Connor to go to 12, but coming back from injury, it might not, you know, they might not rush him in there, but he's the future team there, and, and with someone like Tate McDermott or Jake Gordon, I mean, you'll be able to talk more of that, Bryn, but those nines are pretty hand. Yeah, I reckon they're really handy nines, and, and that's the key area, isn't it? If you've got your grunt work guys that will roll the sleeves up with a bit of experience and a bit of you know edge with say Osama or someone coming off the bench with a bit of razzle in the second forty with a good nine and ten, um, and, and I think the guys out wide, Dungunu, uh, new winger from the Reds, he's exceptional, you know, at talent but speed, and, and will just play what he sees. Um, and I also like Ram from the Waratahs. You know his counter attack ability, his work as a pendulum in terms of covering kicks, um, and his ability to come back but also kick himself is exceptional.
1: I tell you what, Chip mate, unbelievable detail there, mate. I tell you what, mate, we'll get you right over, we'll get you to Australia, mate. We'll get you on that Australian show, would we? Mate, I, I,
2: like my code, mate. I don't have to play it, yeah. like it, so I just watch
1: code, mate. Unbelievable. He's really no, looking I, for an assistant coach? <laughs> I, Is this an audition? Yeah, um, oh, uh, no, he would me, mate, mate. I think what yeah, I liked about um, that selection, right? You are right around like the um, the competition. Like, if you think about it, how many people they've selected, and traditionally early on, like Dave Rennie, he's pretty ruthless around performance. And so he'll, he's not afraid to chop and change and go in with the form players. So if you think the time when they had the Chiefs, you know, he had a lot of guys that were playing in and out. And you had to, you really have to play well. You have to train well and play well to to regain your start, so to regain your position. So, I think the squad that he has selected, that jumper, nicely um, put together. Um, I think it's going to be great, mate. And I think the fact that it's going to be in Australia as well, what it's looking like, what it's going to be, it's going to be a um, an advantage for them. And I think um, a great time for for Australia rugby, especially with with Dave Rennie and his um, his background of being able to bring teams that have struggled in the past. To bringing them to, to winning championships and winning good good and playing really good rugby, so an yep. exciting time for Australia and um, it's going to be a great great series when You know, really good Australia.
2: What what he gives also is, uh, yeah, he's so good at I suppose the cultural aspect in terms yep. of giving a team an identity yep. and something to play for. And, and, and you know, you look at the Chiefs when he went in there and, and around, and I know it was in, a, in correlation with you know the leaders, but around that Chiefs manner and how that mm. sort of. Change the whole dynamic of that club and where it is now. It's still powerful, yep. um, and a term that they use, and 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 I, I think that will be his biggest focus in the first two weeks is the team bonding and creating their identity to work from and, and work off. Mm. And then from there, then they can knuckle down the skill set and the game plans and the structure. But creating that willingness to play for each other and play for something bigger than themselves, you know, for a country of Australia is is what they're built on. Um, will be his, I suppose, his number one role and, and key factor to bring them over here and do something that you know they haven't done for a long time. Mm. Um,
0: his honesty is another thing. When you talk to Dave Rennie, he just says it how it is. We saw it again yesterday when we yeah. discovered that they weren't willing to come over here and play on October 10. You, know? you just get what you get with Dave Rennie.
1: And I get the yep. feeling that players really love that about him. Man, one hundred percent. If you've got a coach that that's like that, and you know exactly what you're going to get. I know for me personally, that coach. I love that kind of coaching style because you know where you stand. Doesn't matter if you're playing, if you're playing, if you're playing shit, or you're playing well, or you're training good, or you're training bad. He's going to tell you right then and there. And I think um, some coaches can make the mistake of being able to, you know, I guess sugarcoat things and kind of not and kind of mislead you in in a direction of how with how they speak to you. But mate, for me personally, if you have that kind of leadership style, and I think the Australians need that and they've got a guy that can that'll do that really nicely so I don't know about you Jip, but I, I love that kind of uh, coaching style I think it's really beneficial for you as a player
2: well if I didn't like it I don't think I'd like myself so <laughs> <laughs> that might be a bit of an issue um, but no look he, look he is known for being um, straight up and honest and I, I think that's the, the reason why he I suppose he's like that and he's prepared to do that publicly is because he backs himself he, he mm. believes he's going to get that team to where it needs to be not only did he say he's not going to come, but when they said, they asked him a question and said, "Can they go over there and beat the All Blacks twice?" And he was just like, "Yep, yep." <laughs> like next question, please. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like he's just got complete confidence in his own ability to bring the team around him, um, not only his coaching staff but the wider group together to do something, and he thrives off doing something teams haven't done before. You know, and and, and that's will be his big motivator. And you know, in the past, we've probably seen the mind games affect. Um, you know Australian coaches a little bit, whereas I, I just don't think you could play those mind games with with someone like his character. He will just be straight to the point, review himself and his team honestly, and move on to the next game. I'd say.
0: So where does this leave them heading into? Well, the possible Bledisloe Cup and a possible Rugby Championship. Does the Aussie team coming off the back of an Aussie Super Rugby that appeared to be good for them with Dave Rennie there and a rejuvenated squad with an average age of twenty five? Does that have them in a position where they honestly can pick up the bladders low, or is that a step too far in his first year?
2: Oh, I've just got to look at that north versus south game, and I just look at our own talent pool uh, and ability of our own players um, and, and our brand of footy. Uh, yes, it might be a little bit challenging because you know whether we get two tests here and two there, or one here and two there. You know, a little bit of home advantage, but look, I'd still have confidence. Um, and us to do the job this year. Um, but he will build over time towards 2023, and they'll definitely be a strong force. But it certainly will be a bigger challenge under his regime um, than, than previous years, I believe. But also, it's a double edged sword because the All Blacks know what's coming. Mm. So that just sharpens them a little bit too. It sharpens their coaching group, it sharpens their leadership group. And understanding, you know, like guys like Sam Kane, who's the captain of the All Blacks, knows exactly how Rennie drives his teams. So you know, like there's, there's benefits, um, mm-hmm. pros and cons for both parties, which you know I think it just sets it up for a great competition. Yeah.
1: I think there may be, um I think there may, might be you know some le- little teething problems with, with that, and um, I think culture takes a takes a it takes a while to to kind of blend it all together. But I think whenever you play, you know, as an Australian um, Australian team and Australian people in general. And they love being underdogs and then they're not gonna just lay over and you know give us three or four wins in the booze. low, you know, they're gonna come hungry and every time they get a chance to play the all blacks, you know. I'd like to think that, you know, they lost five to five to ten percent. So I think with the balance with, you know, David really coming in having his messaging and how he wants to drive the team with the enthusiasm and I guess the young the young squad that they have mixed in with the experience that they do have, you know, I don't think it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an easy, an easy, an easy task. It's gonna to be tough. And for the fact that they could be having the majority of their competition over in Australia as well. You know, it could be a long tour for our for our guys, which I think with a lot more experience now, where they'll be able to deal with that. But I don't think it's going to be easy, and it's going to be probably a good challenge for us, I reckon.
2: The key is to remember also that it hasn't been all smooth sailing. Like it's not like we've whitewashed them for ten 100%. years. Like they've picked mm-hmm. up wins here yeah. and there. So it, you know, that there's players in their group that I think I would say. You know, privately, he challenged a few of those senior players after the World Cup and said, "These are the standards I'm expecting to see from you if you want to get back in the wall of his jerseys." And I think of the guys that are selected in that squad, um, you know, have really stood stood up in their own performance and just nailing down that. So, he's already created a lot more hunger, I think, and a, a lot more realization that you can't take your position for granted. Mm. And and I think you've seen that based on the
0: performances they've given for their club sides over in Aussie. Yeah. And the David andrani has gone.
1: Yeah, that's a guy who's yeah. been an international performer for a long time. I, th- I think it's, you know, I think it's, it sets this tone with what Strip is talking around. You know, it's around performances and being consistent and, and being able to play well and being warrant in selection. So, you know, it's not scared to make those big calls. And I think, again, it um it puts the squad on edge and being able to say, you know, you know I've got to pull my finger here and I've got to be able to prepare, I've got to play well, I've got to train well and have all those pillars to to be able to be in a side, which is, which is great. And I think you can see in the past what we alluded to when his time with the Chiefs, you know, he wasn't scared to make those decisions around selection. And I think it boded them well with keeping the group on edge and um, having that competitive environment, which which is definitely needed to be successful, especially consistently in um, competitions like the Rugby Championship.
2: He won't be afraid to bring them back either. You know, it'll be mm. a test of their character and, and, you know, something he'll probably watch more closely than they realise. Um, and, and he won't be afraid to bring them back if there's injuries and, and you know, then there's their chance or expectation to deliver and you, know, they, you know, players either have a chip on their shoulder and they want to prove people wrong mm. or they, they fall away into the wilderness and, and that'll be a big part of that for those players as well.
0: History suggested when the Aussies have got new coaches. Like I remember that first performance under Robbie Deans where they out-coached the All Blacks back in the day. I think that was his, maybe his one and only win over the All Blacks and then early on in Chequers reign. Um, a freshness of a coach coming into a squad like that appears to work for the Australian attitude.
2: Yeah, well, uh, normally a change comes, like Bryn said, when your back's against the wall and, and things aren't going to plan. And, and that's what works well for their national culture is, you know, they want to prove the world wrong and they want to, you know, deliver on the world stage. And But I think it's natural for any team when a new coach comes in, there's always a spike. It's how they create an environment that is able to maintain that and that's where I think you know his himself and his coaching group will be key around that identity piece and you know having something that you know for those players to come back in 10 years time and that identity piece still be there and and that's something that everyone's followed on so that when you're coming into the Wallabies it's just an expectation of standards it's not a recreation from year to year it's just a, a constant maintenance of what we expect when you get in this Wallaby jersey and 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 I believe that'll be his gold nugget for the group.
0: Mm, but it's, I suppose it's easy to forget that the All Blacks are actually in quite a similar position. Yeah, there's more consistency in the coaching group and probably in the playing group as well, but the All Blacks are in the same position. They will come and go to plan.
2: Absolutely, and that's what I said before. Like from, you, look, you just have to watch that North-South game and see the, the meaning and, the, I suppose, the fierce nature of teammate versus teammate. There, there was just no care. It was, I'm versing you, I'm wanting a jersey, and we're, we're at this, we're going at this, you know, for 80 minutes, and then your mates afterwards. And I, I think that was the exciting thing, and, and that's what I took out of that game, is that, you know, the, the, every player out there meant business. It was the best of the best, and and it was exciting for what will be produced in that all-black environment when they're training against each other and, and that competition with spaces, and there'll be all those players. Yes, it's a more consistent coaching group, but they've got other ideas, there's a new, you know, forwards coach and scrum coach. So there's a, there's a type of player that they'll like. So, you know, you've got to make every day a winner to get back in that team. It doesn't matter how many tests you've played because, you know, new coaches do have fresh ideas and they want to see change. And I suppose that's how they delivered to the, the coaching panel and that's how they got selected.
0: Yeah, it's difficult though for some of these guys. Bryn mentioned before a long tour. Bren. we've got guys mm. with new, new fathers Um, Guys, fathers to be, um, guys with three kids like Sam Whitelock, who made a decision this year to spend more time with his family and that's why he went to Japan. Now, having a two month trip to Australia and the possibility of Christmas Day quarantine. You know, that, yeah. What do we, do we expect all the all blacks to make themselves available?
1: Well, I think, I think it just, yeah, it's a tough one. And I know we are professional athletes and and it's our job, but at, at the same time, you've got to be, I guess, a little bit more um, forgiving around those decisions. And, you know, look, I guess in those kind of scenarios, it'll be talked with coaches and management around, you know, what's best for them because, you know, you think, you know, family is is really important and making the best thing, uh, the best decision for your family is the first and foremost of of anything in your life. So but at the same time, it's, um, you know, they are professional rugby players and, you know, they'll be having those hard conversations around what that looks like in um yeah, I guess, You, I guess, you're the man to ask in that one because you know you've obviously got a new a newborn, and I guess how would you feel if you had to be gone for eight to ten weeks of a newborn, and you know, would that, would you, you know, would you feel I bad thought, playing or anything like that? I think it's hard
2: because I'm not a hundred tester. Like I'll tell you this, I'll give my right arm to play for the All Blacks. I'll go on yeah. a twenty week tour, but that's just, you know, that's just who I am. That's that's what what I'd like to do. But you know, it's an individual thing. Mm. Um and that's not disrespecting my daughter or family, but that's that's my passion and that's my job and um you know, like that's what the all back jersey means to me. But if for someone that's played a hundred tests might see it differently. Um mm. I think the biggest thing we've got to remember is we don't know what it looks like yet. So there's the full picture isn't there. Um so until we've got the full picture, uh, we can talk the ifs, buts or maybes as much as we like but mm-hmm. until we know exactly how long the quarantines are, how long they are going to be away from family, is there potential that family could go with you? I mean who knows, there's, there's a lot of hurdles um, to go through uh, just yet before, you know you can't put the cup before the horse is, is all I'm saying. Um, mm. but look if 10 hookers go down um, and my head comes right, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to go, Coach. I'm ready to go.
0: I'll alternatively, join the Wallabies coaching staff. <laughs> if, yeah. If, no. if I'm not picked to hit Rutledge, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> uh, you bring up an interesting point, though. Like, how hard is it to plan? Like, we talk about people having anxiety during COVID times and worrying about paying their bills, worrying about making ends meet, making plans with their family. We are currently in a position whereby New Zealand rugby. And Australian rugby obviously aren't talking because October 10 test apparently isn't a thing. The rugby championship is now a major problem. The South Africans aren't playing at all. All their good players are in Europe. And if it is in December, those European clubs aren't going to release them. The Argentines have got COVID. And and our players are wondering whether or not they should go because
1: it's a long tour and they're going to be in quarantine on Christmas Day. Like... Really making plans isn't easy well I think that's that's the thing What Jip gypsy I think we've got to know everything and what what's going to happen I think there's just so much um, this cloudiness around you know what the competition looks like so I think unfortunately we're in a position where we've just got to sit and wait and let the powers that be make those decisions around what and what's going to happen and I know it, it's tough I, I'd hate to think what it's like for those all black boys trying to prepare around families and Post rugby, the season and that kind of stuff, and being able to um, plan for that. But it's just unfortunately, like two thousand, like twenty twenty, with with COVID, it's been a different year. It's something different, and you know you've got to be able to be patient and, and aware that it's not a normal year. It's not a normal season. So um, I think JIP's hit it right on the head. Around um, once there's a bit more information, is actually set in stone around what it looks like, then you can start to be able to prepare and plan the best you can, considering um, you know it's it's not your normal uh, status quo season. I
2: think it is the new norm, though, isn't it? Like, we say, so, you're almost used to it. You know, like, <laughs> when we first did it at Super, you're sort of like, oh, you know, this is different. But now it's like, it's just chopping and changing. And, you know, I think the biggest, you know, emphasis of it was we're planning to play in no crowd and then we've got, you know, 40,000 round one, you know, Eden Park, and then we've got, you know, and then you're planning to have 50,000 and 660 for the north-south fixture in Auckland and then uh, you're down to Wellington two weeks later. So... I think it, it's just, it's the way of the new world and mm. it's one of those things you just got to get on board because it it's not going to change. Uh, yep. You know, there's nothing's happening. Like, you got, You got to learn to live with these challenges and, um, you know, out of, I suppose, traumatic situation becomes opportunity and that's what you've got to hold on to is, is the opportunity of potentially representing your country or, you know, the opportunity to be, a you know, a, a new father and, and mixing those together is... Um, you know, tough, but a decision will have to be made at some stage because you just can't come in and out of these bubbles. So, look at it. it I'm not making light of it. I'm just being realistic that it's, yeah. it is the new way. And, and you, we have to get on board as professional sports people. You know, you just got to look at the NBA. Um, you know, some of the best basketballs being played um, under trying situations, mm-hmm. but, you know, like they, they're just doing it, they're getting the job done. Um, so it's not just rugby that's having these challenges, it's sports worldwide, it's businesses worldwide, it's, it's every industry's got its challenges.
0: Mm what's a reasonable amount of flexibility then for a rugby player like how late a notice can you say i need you in wellington next week or i need you in queensland next week or wherever it might be like do you need a day's notice do you need a week's notice like well, what's a reasonable amount of notice to, to flip your life on its head for an overseas rugby comp
2: i think it's i think it's up to your leaders like your leaders are going to be part of those conversations the whole mm-hmm. way it's, it's not going to come out of the blue for them and then it's on them to filter that information down and keep players up to date. And, and I think the NZRPA, you know, from from our point of view as New Zealand rugby players, do do a great, um, I suppose, streamline information channel. That you, you're never going to have someone call you up and say, "Oh, you know, you got to jump on the plane and you're off to Brisbane." You know, like it's it, you're you're kept up to date daily yep. um, by by them, by you know Rob and his team or or the player leaders. Um, around any changes, or even any potential discussions, or what's happening for the week ahead, and things like that. So, if you get that streamline of information down pat from from you know the guys that are running the meetings um, and the leaders, then there shouldn't be anyone caught off guard. And then and it's always open channel. Now that's the biggest thing. It's open channel. If there's any concerns, just pick up the phone and say, "This is my concern. I don't quite understand this." And then you can be talked through it. Um, you know, pretty reasonably and pretty quickly. So, I don't yeah. think that would ever happen. I don't think you'd ever. You'd have to have your head in the sand
0: and your mobile off for about a month if,
2: if you got <laughs> caught out like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, what we will see though is maybe an extra week of All Blacks in the Mitre 10 Cup, with an extra delay to a week of Bladers uh, like Cup action if it doesn't no, happen. Now keep them in
1: there. <laughs> We got Tasman coming up round four. Get them out of there. We'll go round three, boys. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, but no. In all seriousness, no. no it'll be, it's how good is it though? You know, you get to see. You know, you look at the Barrett brothers. You know, playing it for Taranaki, and look at Aaron Smith, who hasn't played for Manawatu Two in years. So, I think it, it also like it adds an excitement for players as well. I think even though you know we played the Canterbury All Blacks, you know, young guys that had played club rugby were playing against All Blacks and seeing them on TV and been able to be exposed to that kind of. Um, that style of rugby play and um, getting to be able to play guys you've, you've grown up some guys idolizing. So, um, I think the longer that we can have them in the competition, um, I know for me personally and our team, it's it's been massive for us and being able to um, get excited around those clashes. So, it's um, yes, definitely, um, I'd love to, for it to continue. I hope this is the new norm that probably Probably won't be, but um, I know for us, and I think you know, I think I ask you, Ross. You know, as a consumer, you must be must be loving watching the All Blacks play for the regions that they that they grew up and haven't played in for such a long time.
0: Man, I was buzzing. I'm not sure if you saw that video of
1: Kieran Reed getting his jersey
0: from his dad in the changing room um, yeah. in Counties. Bosh just like man, what a cool moment. You could yeah. see what that meant for Kieran in the place he grew up in to wear the jersey that he supported as a kid, and to go out there and play. And they played pretty well for you know a good
2: well just over a half. They've got a good squad. They've made some good signings, man. They, they've they'll, they'll be a handy threat. Um, you know, they came up against a pretty good Tasman side, um, and and we know how good they're going to be. Um, mm. But I, I really I rate Counties as a dark horse. Mm. Um, the score blew out in the end, and probably didn't reflect the game. But they're a real threat. But I think you know they're a real threat while they've got guys like Dalton um, mm. in and around that squad. He's just he's an energy player. Um, I know I'm always raving on about him. I hope he doesn't listen to these things because he a big head. But he's a real um, infectious sort of player and, and great great signing for Counties to, to have in that team. And I suppose the longer the All Blacks hang around, the better for them with, with guys like him in the team. But even, you know, seeing guys like Nano and Teru, I thought he it was one of his best game. You know, there's been a lot of potential tag put on him for a long, long time. Mm. And I reckon that was the first game I've sat back and I thought, yeah, he's starting to mature as a player and he's, he's really coming of age. And I think he could be a you know, have a breakout season in a pretty exciting of
0: 10 Cup. Hmm. He's needed consistent rugby, hasn't he? Because he kind of had a bit of injury and he was sevens and he wasn't sevens and he just needs to play some footy straight for a season. Yeah,
1: I think – yeah, sorry. You want to carry on over there, Jip? No, no, you go. I was just saying, yeah, guys like – but then I look at – for our team as well, those examples around guys that haven't been able to play for a while, and especially in Super Rugby, I look at Ethan Roots on the weekend – Oh, you know, guy that, a guy that hadn't played um the whole year but was in a was in a crusaders environment where he learnt so much and I'll tell you what, he was he was bloody revved up to play a lot of his mates that he that would trained against. So I think it's those guys as well that, you know, we're used to seeing it in Super Rugby the the old the old faces, the all blacks that play consistent rugby and are playing a lot. But the guys that are on the fringes but have been in those super rugby environments, they get to come back and play in minor 10 cup and get all the and have all those learnings that they had at Super Rugby. So well,
2: look at the guys Gaps.
1: Gats as well, he's played no rugby. He was exceptional in the 100%. And I think it, it just lights a, fire. It lights a fire in you. And I think for us, you know, if I look at those two guys in particular, and then look at other guys we talk about, um, you know. Even Saturi, Shooter.
2: I thought Shooter was great.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it, it's guys like that get an opportunity at minor team cup level where they've got taken all those learnings and they get to um, put it in a, in a stage where they are playing. They're the, they're the starters and they get to, I guess, feel their way out and um, start performing a lot better, which they probably don't get to a lot at Super Rugby. Is Brent Gatlin could kick a long ball? 55
2: meters? I didn't pick that. I'm not gonna lie. I said on the contrary, I said this might be out of range. I said, he's he has I said about you two how you always had that kicking combat at at captain's run from long range. Yep. And I said they do muck around, but I said there's a difference between mucking around at captain's run and doing it (laughs) under the bright lights. And then he just absolutely smacked it. I uh, put it down to Geordie Barrett's. Just put the competition out there. Now everyone wants to kick from 60. I'll
1: tell you what, um, the best, the, the funny thing with Bryn is that um, he's actually a guy that just thri- thrives off pressure. And like, actually, Love the more the, the more pressure that you actually put on, like when we ever have our, we're pissing around um, kicking against each other and that kind of stuff, like I'm putting on, so I'm like so if you miss his kicking, you know, I'm kicking for this week or, you know, it's a coffee or it's a whatever, whatever it is. The guy just always gets it over, man. And he's proven it at, obviously at, at Super Rugby with drop kicks and and that kind of clutch moment standing at school and, and everything as well. So uh, for me, mate, I've actually before that kick, I said, mate, I think you got the legs there, mate. So you better better try and pop that over because I don't think you have got the legs. And uh, you know he's got he's got a five meters five meters over the over the crossbar. So yeah, it's mate, he's, it's always, it's always nice having having a goal kicker that you can you can depend on and um, especially in scenarios like that where it's fifty meters and you get a penalty and you can get three points, um, you know, it's real beneficial for us and hope hopefully it continues for us this year, mate.
2: Oh, yeah. Speaking of another bloke I was really impressed with on the weekend Jordan Trainer. You know, another yeah. guy has had a lot yeah. of injuries. He's been on the fringes to the rugby teams. He was ex- almost Mackenzie like You know, I don't want yeah. to put that pressure on him already. He's just, he's just come back from another injury. But he he was, again, you know, a lot of potential, a lot of things spoken about him. But, man, he looked good. On the weekend, and, and his ability to set up others, and, and glide mm. through gaps, and um, play play good minutes, and again, sort of like you said, Ross, with Nano Sottero, just needs consistent footy because the talent's there. You can just see mm. it; it's just bursting. It just needs those consistent minutes to get that confidence
0: up. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Trainer, he's been in and around that Blues franchise for a while, isn't he? Yeah. Um, is that must be quite frustrating for a young fella like him? I, the chance I, hasn't really come at super level, has it?
2: Yeah, well, it, it, it's come, but again, he's, his his body's just let him down, you know, in terms mm. of, of of injuries and and things like that. It's it's through no lack of effort. I can assure you that he's he's pretty disciplined and determined, and I think you know the performance on the weekend is a message not only to blue selectors but I think any Super Rugby selector that he's he's got plenty to offer um, the game still, and he's just still so young. Like he, sometimes when you get selected in these teams, really young, and you've been around say four or five years, mm. they forget that they're still just twenty two. You know, yeah. 23. And um, I just, I was really happy for him on the weekend, the way he performed. You know, the Auckland team as a whole was exceptional. But him in particular um,
0: was great to see. Um, your mate, Narahi, uh Bryn. Mm. Yeah, he got that
1: crystal ball of the other week and uh, he came <laughs> off. Yeah, but he was he was fantastic, I think. He's, he's, he's obviously pretty fast. And I think when he scored that try, oh, I remember when Tudor put the kick in, and I was like, oh, man, Josh McCoy's pretty quick. And I just saw him rocket past him. And just score that um, beauty of a try. But, yeah, i will be really impressed with Nigel. Um, I think the biggest thing that I love about him is that he he's just wants to learn. And he's obviously come from a, a sevens background where he hasn't played a lot of 15s. So, I guess those little tendencies that you get in the 15s game, it, it'll come with time. But uh, with the thing that I love about him is that he's just always asking questions. He always wants to know what he can do better, where he needs to be. And for me, for someone that loves detail and being able to ask questions and want to get things right, um, if he continues that, that kind of track of of being that discipline and, and talking and wanting to learn, you know, I think you know he could be a 15s player because man, he's got the he's got the speed and the and the, and the attacking ability. So he'll only continue to get better with us, and I'm really looking forward to see how his progress goes.
2: I was really impressed with his defensive reads. Uh, yeah. You know, like he sort of went halfway house, then he pushed up high to change the picture, but then you know, like he, he reacted to. I suppose, Richie's kicking game, and and Mm -hmm. went back to that 50-50 and really cut off that option on his wing. He didn't quite nail it on the other wing, obviously, but I was just, you know, that sevens ability, I think sevens has been great for Caleb Clark, um, Mm -hmm. and your ability to make decisions defensively and and understand time and space, Um, and and that really really took my, you know, took me by surprise a little bit, his his ability in that defensive area and and his reads, but his try, the, the wheels, that was some yeah. serious pace, but I don't think it would be a friendly review for the blindside winger of that uh, Canterbury pendulum <laughs> so much. Uh, I appreciate yeah, thank, sure thank, thank God Manassa
1: was off for that one. Thank oh, mate, Joshua
2: like rushed up and then you saw him just turn around and saw that no one was coming. He's like, oh, no.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. 100%. It was, um, that was good, man.
0: Just going off on a tangent, speaking of the influence of Sevens players, I'm not <laughs> sure how much of the Fatapama Cup that you guys have seen. But wow, having Ruby Tui and having um, Portia Woodman and those players playing in the Farah Cup has been amazing.
2: I think it's no different. To, uh, I suppose, you know, like we speak about the All Blacks coming back, and you know, players like Kieran Reed and and just get. I suppose it's probably even more powerful in the sense of um, passing down what professionalism looks like, mm. and and again, it's just finding you know its own feet and and standing on its own having players like that to come back to that provincial level from a sevens environment, which we, you know, is fully professional. You know, they it's a different game. I know sevens and fifteens, but they can really give that understanding to the fifteens, um, I suppose, girls that are, you know, looking to make a career, you know, the mm-hmm. young ones in particular and, and, and talk to them about the pathway and what it takes. And, you know, I've had a little bit to do with Ruby um, when I've done some stuff with Sky and man, she, she's, a pretty special woman, and and the way she is professional, and and the way she approaches not only you know her rugby, but everything in life. And I think having her in those environments and and guiding young women is is really powerful. Mm.
1: I think also as well, we talk about the the sevens girls and being able to actually you know play a different game and been able to improve the game a, a little bit more. Because if you think about it, there's just not a lot of space. I talked to um, even talked to Stacey. Um, Stacy Walker and talked around her and how she felt around um, playing and she just said there's just no space so being able to be more creative and um, trying to polish certain other, other things in her game she's found it massively beneficial so I think it, again I think they can help each other I think um with Jipa saying the Sevens girls are living that professional lifestyle and being able to influence the younger players and aspiring um, women to be able to play professional rugby whether it be Sevens or with the Black Ferns but at the same time, those sevens girls will be able to be able to learn certain things that they don't get in sevens when it comes to contact or um, breakdown. A lot of, probably a lot more breakdown work and uh, a bit more physical. So I think the two marry up um, really, really well. And as it is quite interesting, the body shape is quite different, isn't it? Like it is a lot trimmer. Those sevens
0: girls are a lot trimmer.
2: Well, you have to be, I suppose. Yeah. Like seven, it's just like in the rugby game, you know, the sevens boys are a lot trimmer than most 15 players. is just, yeah, know, I, I think, Caleb's body's totally different now as a 15s player to, you know, what he had as, as a sevens player. So I think it's no different for them as
0: well. Mm. Yeah, Caleb is big up top now, isn't he?
2: Yeah. Well, I th- yeah I, I assume that he would have had to have lean. I don't know his stats, but he was a lot leaner at the sevens environment. But he's obviously come back to 15s where it's. Suppose you just can't have. You need a little bit of a bigger body. You need a little bit on you because it is. There's a lot more. You know, collisions um, over eighty minutes, and compared to fourteen, um, and you know, with more players on the field, there's just more, more to it. Yeah,
0: but I'm amped, Dave. Eh? I just, I just want crowds in. Like, yeah, I, I really must. enjoyed this footy. So do yeah. so so the provincial,
2: it. provincial union CEOs do too? they'd <laughs> yeah. be super pumped for a few crowds.
0: Yeah, particularly yeah. Auckland. Those guys that even park like they missed out on some sellouts at the end of Super Rugby. They missed mm-hmm. out on the North South and. They've got a team that's looking pretty good, yeah. and you know, geez, they they would love to have a bit of money coming in those coffers, considering the oh. things they've missed out on. We'd love some
1: <laughs> And Harbour too. We would love some.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's yeah, it been all very are all right. Yeah, I think I'll go to the right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you guys are <laughs> handing around the hat at Harbour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wouldn't
1: mind. Wouldn't mind. We're,
2: we're, we're, I'll, I better get down there and hold a bucket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure
1: Sean Stevenson will pull out the wallet, won't he, to help out? Not with goals, no, not with this his goals He's having a punt. This <laughs> <laughs>